Advent is a tradition that's been around the church for a very long time. It's typically found in the Western church, which you're a part of, and it's leading up to Christmas Eve, the Christmas celebration. It was originally started so we would keep Christ in Christmas, so we would keep our focus on Him. Our focus on him. Advent's from a, a Latin word, and I don't say this just to be fancy, just to help you know where it's from. The, the word is Adventus. It means, ad, it means arrival. It means coming. You show up. So when we talk about Advent, we're remembering when Jesus showed up 2,000 years ago. But we're also anticipating, as Christians, you and I are anticipating a second coming. We're looking for the second appearing. We're looking looking for the Lord to come back. And so we know that the Lord brought hope last week. We know that he spoke to the Israelites when they were in Babylonian captivity. They'd been ripped from their home, ripped from their culture, ripped from their society, ripped from who they were. And in the middle of, in the middle of, their, uh, you know, of their show, or the, of the middle of the horrible time of their life, God said, hold on, I'm coming, I'm sending peace. He sent Jesus. Well, you think about what the Israelites were going through. Nobody liked them. Everybody hated them. Very similar to what's going on today. Uh, when we're going into the January sermon series, church, um, we're seeing anti-Semitism has flipped the switch. Uh, anti-Semitism is totally okay in the world today. Uh, not that people have not historically hated the Jews. They've not historically hated Israel. They have. But church, we're, we're, we're living in a time where it's okay to hate people and say it's okay to remove an entire race. Y'all need to understand something. This is a setup for what God's about to do in the end times. And we're going to reveal some of that in January, so put that on your books. What I want you to know is this world needs peace. There's wars. There's rumors of war. There's war in Ukraine. There's war in Israel. There are rumors of war and sable rattling in, in Russia and Yemen in China. And I could go on and do this for about 10 more minutes. But church, there is, there is something going on in our world that's, division, that's divisive and it's, it's, it's killing us. There's division in politics, culture, gender. We can't even agree on what a man or a woman is. There is division uh, within churches. There's uh, division in our world with races and religions. There, there's division all over and it's from this place of improbability that God is saying I know that things are divisive and y'all ain't together but I've got the answer I promise you the one I'm going to send you will bring peace and all that mess will be taken care of. And I, I want to draw your attention to what the Apostle Paul writes to the Philippians in, in the book of Philippians 4. He says, man, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, pray about it. Ask God about it. Give thanksgiving to, uh, to God about it. Request, make them known to God. And what happens after that? And the peace that passes all understanding, that doesn't make sense, that shows up when you think that that it's impossible you keep God focused on who you are and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding it'll guard your heart and not just your heart man it'll guide your mind in Christ Jesus church if you're feeling anxious this December overwhelmed if you are feeling discouraged man maybe you're feeling frustrated or feel uh, fearful uh, you're at the right place today because I want to tell you about peace and it's only through Christ that you can find the peace that you desperately need this time of year and not just this time of year but Jesus is the only peace that that you're ever going to find that'll truly fit the bill and the good news is you don't have to wait another 2,000 years to know peace you can know peace today in Jesus Christ you can know him today. Isaiah 11, 8, 9 is a beautiful picture of the type of peace that I'm talking about, the type of peace that God has made available to us through the coming of Jesus. I want you to listen to it. The Bible says this in Isaiah 11, 6, 8. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together, and the lion 
will lie down with the baby goat. I'm sorry, the leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and the little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear, the cub and the calf will lie down together, and the lion will eat hay like a cow. A baby will play safely near a near near the hole of a cobra. Yes, the child will put their hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. What did I just read, preach? Because that just seems like some type of an alternate universe that doesn't exist. You've got wolves lying down with lambs. You've got kids sticking their, their hands in a cobra den. You've you, you, you got the lion laying down with the cow. Where, where's this at, preach? Because I, I, I kind of like the book of Trip. I'd like to get on that board. I'd like to get on there and spend maybe a week in there. But what Jesus is telling us is this. What the Word of God is telling us is this. There is a peace that God can offer that does not make sense to the world. It's improbable. It doesn't, it doesn't work out. The math doesn't work. But God's saying, I'm letting you know this. The peace I have you doesn't make sense because this is what my peace can do. Now, at this moment, you might be saying, well, if I can't understand it, I don't want it. Let me, under- let me ask you this question. Do you really think you can fully understand God? You think you can figure him all out, man? Because if you can, you're, better, you're the best person on this planet. God's ways are beyond ours. They're above us. We can't understand them. They're too amazing to us. Church, what we can do is we can look at the parts of the Bible that we understand and we hold on to them for dear life. God, you say you give me peace, then I believe you. It may not look real. It may not look practical. I don't see how you can do it. But if you promise me peace, then I believe it. Church, this is what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at two promises and we're going to look at a practice. Two promises that God gives us about peace, and then I want to look at about a promise of how we can, uh, a practice how we can draw it into ourselves. This is the first promise I see. There is a promise made for a peaceful kingdom. This passage gives us a description of how natural enemies are living together with one another. You don't see a wolf hanging out with a lamb. If you do, it's a meme. You don't see a kid sticking their hand in a, in a den full of cobras. If you do, it's on TikTok. It ain't real, okay? These are all things that don't make sense. These are natural enemies. Predator and prey. And what God is saying is, I've got a kingdom coming where people who don't get along somehow get along. Oh, I want to talk about that, preach, because I'm fixing to go have supper with my crazy Uncle Charlie and my awkward Aunt Karen. And I think I would rather spend the afternoon with one of them lions or wolves you were talking about. I think I'd just as soon stick my hand into a hole of cobras than to stand all uh, uh, to, to stay all holiday long with crazy Aunt Karen. Well, now, this is where the rubber meets the road for me. If God can make a wolf and a lamb get along together, then surely he can help me with my Aunt Karen for eight hours. Surely he can help me get along with people that are hard to get along with. And I want you to think about this. Man, when Jesus was here on this earth, he was surrounded by people who were like your Uncle Charlie and your Aunt Karen, people who didn't like him, people who were crazy. I want you to think about the crucifixion. He was surrounded by Jews, people who had been sent to rescue and to save. He's the Messiah, and they rejected him. Okay, that's our first person at our, at our table at Christmas. The second person are the Romans. They're the ones who literally put the nails in his hands, his feet, stuck the, steer in the uh, spear in his side, the thorns around his head okay so that's the second person sitting at the table you know what jesus does okay that's his holiday if you will but jesus here is the prince of peace and this is what he says i know what i would have said to the jews and i know what i would have said to the romans this is what jesus says to the people who were just couldn't stand him father forgive them i have a text for this rusty father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing 
You see, the door for peace to enter into your life will always be forgiveness. Well, Brother Mike, I don't want to forgive these people. Okay, then know this. Then you're forfeiting your peace. You can't have them both. You choose one or the other. So, part of the ultimate plan of Christ was for us to have peace with people that typically we don't get along with. And if, if there is a peace that can help us find some, some civility with people we have a hard time getting along with, jump on it. Because people are difficult. Because they're sinners just like us. Second promise I see is this, man. Not only is there a promise of a peaceful kingdom coming, but man, there is a promise of peace over the whole earth. I want you to see verse 9 of Isaiah 11. Nothing will hurt and nothing will destroy in all my, ho my holy mountain. Now, church, that holy mountain isn't just Jerusalem. I'm going to show you that in a second. Everything's going to be cool on my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the what? What God is saying is, my place just sitting in some church in Jerusalem. It's not just in some na nation named Israel. It's not just in a temple. It's not just in a tabernacle. It's not just in a church in Chester. Jesus is saying, the Word of God is saying that the peace of God will flow over the entire earth and the entire earth will be the Lord's. Ain't no room for the devil to mess things up there. Ain't no sin to mess things up there. God is giving us a promise that His peace will be over the whole earth. Church, we look forward to the day when, that earth will be, when the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God and the world will be at peace because of Jesus the Messiah. But the reality is reflected in the book of Colossians when Paul writes this. He says, for God was pleased. He wanted to do it. He wanted us to be with Him. He wanted all of His fullness to dwell in Him and through Jesus to reconcile Himself all things, whether things on the earth or things in the earth, by making what? There's that word again. How does God bring peace into our life? How does God bring peace into the world? How does God bring, uh, bring peace uh, into all this division? By the blood. By the blood of Jesus. You see, we can't do all this mess on ourselves. We need, we need Him. We can't love these people that are hard to get along with without him we can't get along with these people that have hurt us and traumatized us and and robbed us of innocence or robbed us of, of our peace or robbed us of our of, of our sanity or, or robbed us of something y'all the only way we can get along with these people that the rest of the world would be angry at and would count them out and flush them the only way we can be jesus is by the blood of jesus we can't do it on our own and the thing is man this peace that was given 2,000 years ago, it's still available to you now. How do I do it, Mike? Here it is. Here's the practice. You've got to intentionally keep Jesus in this holiday season. And, y'all, I'm not talking about just on Sundays. I'm not talking about just on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays. Here's the thing. Here's the catch. And maybe this is the secret. The way you keep Jesus at the center of not just this season but the center of every day, y'all, you literally have to think about him all the stinking time. You literally think about him all the time. It's not 10 times a day. It's like 10 times every 30 seconds. You're constantly asking yourself. You're constantly talking to him. You're saying, Lord, am I, is, is this cool? And here's the thing. He'll talk to you. The more you talk to him, the more you recognize his voice. And the more you recognize his voice, the more peace you're going to have. I promise you. Because here's the thing. I, 
I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm into this UAP, UFO thing. I'm all about it. Been in it since I was eight years old. And the big question they will always ask on these podcasts is this. Everybody wants to know. This is the great question to the universe. Are we alone? Church, we've never been alone. I've never been alone. I've got a God who loves me, has hope and peace and joy and love for me. My God, you can spend all kinds of billions of dollars. I can tell you that answer for free. You are not alone, my friend. You never have been. God has peace for you if you want it. You know, as a, preach, as a preacher, it's a cool job. It's a tough job, but it's a cool job. If, if you're in trouble, if you're in trouble, car flips over, you call Jared. Jared's going to come and help you get out. If you're sick from that wreck, you're going to call Dr. Kirkpatrick because you need some help. You need, you need cash. You need a Band-Aid or something. You have trouble dealing with the traumatic trauma after it, you might call a therapist. And here's the crazy thing. If you get in a car wreck, you call your preacher. If you're in the hospital, you also call the preacher. If you're having trouble with your spirit, you also call the preacher. So the pastor gets to deal with the physical, the emotional, and spiritual. It's a cool job. It's awesome. One of the things about being a preacher is you get to be with a lot of people as they die. Sort of like a hospice nurse in a way. I've seen people die who have been kicking and screaming, didn't want to go, scared to death, shared the gospel with them. They still said no. Do you remember that in Lolly Kemp Hospital? I presented the gospel and that, that man said no. And I said, sir, do you realize if what I said is true and you've said you, you've rejected Jesus, you understand where you're going to spend eternity? He said, yes, sir, I do. I'll go to hell. And I said, you're okay with that? That really happened. That really happened. Apparently, I haven't forgot it. It messes with you. <sighs> but I will tell you the one thing I do see. I see people who do die well. I see people who die well. Their family's at peace. They're at peace. The hospital staff is at peace. Everybody's at peace. This person has accepted it. This Suzanne, you've got that. We've got that. I understand that. You're just at peace. Now, I'll tell you what, what that peace is from. It's a peace that doesn't come from, from a psychiatrist. It, it comes from Jesus. You can face death with peace if you face death with Jesus. Now, here's the, here's the thing that I learned this week. If the secret to a good death is peace, then Doc, I think a secret to a good life is the same peace. If I can face my death day with peace, knowing that God's in control and knowing that my forever's sealed, then Monday ain't that big of a deal. Because Monday's over in 24 hours. You see, the peace I see in people's face when they die and they face eternity with Jesus is incredible. It's beautiful. It's sacred. If you've ever been in a moment where somebody crosses the great divide and you know where they're going and they know where they're going and their kids know where they're going, it's beautiful. You go in a room where mom's dying and you know she's lost as a goose in a hailstorm and it's hell. Now church, 
I think if we can face death with the peace of Jesus, what's stopping us from facing tomorrow with him? Robin, you and I are going to face death like champs. We ain't scared. Why are we scared about tomorrow? If I'm not scared when I'm going to close my eyes the last time, then I want to have the peace of Jesus as I open my eyes and I walk through this life. One step at a time. Every head's bowed, every eye closed. As my team comes up, I'd appreciate it. Man, you might be here today and you said, Preach, I needed to hear that message because my life is off the rails. I ain't got no peace. I don't have it. I, I don't have it. I can't wait till December gets over. Well, today, let's start making some changes. Let's, let's, put, let's put Jesus first. Let's think about the hope he gives. Let's think about the peace he gives. Let's think about the joy he gives. Let's think about the forgiveness he gives. And my friend, today, maybe you've got the peace to die, but maybe you ain't got the peace to live. You ain't got the peace to go through what you're going through right now. Well, the good news is, he's got it for you. He ain't holding it back from you. He ain't making you earn it. He's got it for you. It's there. It's available. You don't have to wait another 20,000. You don't have to wait another 2,000 years. You don't have to wait another two minutes. He'll give it to you. It's your peace. He's brought it to you. If he didn't want you to have it, he never would have promised it to you. Church, if I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Y'all, I'm going to open this invitation. And this morning, maybe you just need to nestle up to an old-fashioned altar where, where hundreds, literally hundreds of saints before you have walked. And they've knelt and they've, te- they've taken care of their own issues. Fifty years ago, people were at this same altar dealing with the same problems and the same situations that you are. And it'll be the same Jesus that helps you today that helped them then. Praise God. It's the same hope that it will help you today that helped them in Isaiah's day. Church, it's the same God. It's the same God. So if you find yourself wanting peace, wanting hope, this morning I just ask you to come to this old-fashioned altar and just take a knee, or if you can't knee, then just stand before him in humility and say, Jesus, here I am, fill me up. Here I am, Lord God. I need your peace. Lord God, in this time of invitation, I pray that your Holy Spirit would run rampant through this room, draw those to you that you want to call to you today. Father, I pray for those who have not made up the issue of whether uh, you are their Savior or not, whether you are their Lord or not. Father, you are calling every, you, you are calling today. I pray that those that you want to call, you'd call and they would run to you and they would embrace you and ask for forgiveness and place their faith in you as Savior. Lord, have your way in this invitation. Have your way in this invitation, Lord. And it's in your name I pray.